Hello everyone, if you would like to deepen your spiritual experience, I am hosting a weekly meditation every Saturday at 11am Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to know more, in the show notes I do have the details available to you where you can join the WhatsApp group that will have the Zoom link so you can attend the meditation class. This is absolutely free. I look forward to seeing you there. Please enjoy the rest of this podcast episode. Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of the Bearded Mystic Podcast and I'm your host Rahul and Singh. Thank you for joining today and for taking out the time to either listen or watch this podcast. So today we're going to look at really a beginner's guide to understand what karma is. Karma has been a hot topic nowadays. A lot of gurus have started speaking about it. Sadhguru Jogi Vasudev, he's released a book about karma. I've not read it, so I can't give a review about it. But if you do want me to give a review about it, let me know in the comments. Let me know. Message me on Instagram or send me a tweet. Uh, send me a message somehow if you want me to give a review on that book. Deepak Chopra, he's spoken about it recently. I know that Sri Sri Ravishankar has spoken about it recently. Karma has been a really hot topic and I'm going to give my take on it and how I can make it more simple for us to understand. Karma in itself, the most logical explanation of what it is, is just action. So it's the action that we do and the impact of the action is what some people may term as good or bad, right or wrong. Now, because our interpretation of right and wrong and good and bad is very fluid, it's not necessarily something we can pinpoint as good or bad or right and wrong. It's very hard to interpret what is good karma and what is bad karma. Therefore, to really understand what karma is and the impact it will make, all depends on your intention behind the action. If my intention is there to hurt other people, then my action will deliver that. If my intention is good and my action still hurts somebody, as long as my intention was pure and honest, that's what matters. Now, some people may have a wrong belief. For example, if somebody's racist, they may think that their intention is good when they're being racist. But frankly, their action is going to affect the other person. It will harm another person. It's not an action that will create peace. When an action doesn't create peace or harmony, then we do have to look at the intention. That was there some sort of movement in our intention? Did it go from being good to bad? Was there a subtle difference? Gunma is very complicated for this whole reason that we cannot understand whether someone's intention was good or bad. That's subject to our understanding and our interpretation. That's why it's best to just look at your own karma, look at your own intentions, and look at your own thoughts. When you look at your action, look at how other people react to it. Sometimes your intention's good, the reactions are bad, but you have to stay firm with your action that you've taken. and. That is something you have to do sometimes. That's fine. Karma is more or less in every belief system. Every tradition believes in karma. Christ says 
what you reap is what you sow. Swami Vivekananda said, good, good, bad, bad, non-escape the law. So if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad. No one escapes that law. No one is able to transcend that. My whole emphasis in today is understanding that whatever karma we do, we have to understand that it has to come from a peaceful mind. When our mind is at peace, our karma will follow accordingly. But if our mind is even slightly disturbed, our karma can go either way. Our karma can end up harming others. It may disturb others. It may cause conflict. When that happens, then we do need to take a good look into our intentions and our thought pattern and see why that's happening. Karma doesn't belong to any belief system, so therefore it doesn't matter if you have one life or many lives. Karma remains and it affects us all. The nature of karma is like a river, so many streams join and likewise other people's actions will join with yours. Sometimes people say, I don't know why this happened to me or you can't actually influence what other people do and how it affects your life what i thought of was this analogy that karma is like a river and your life is like a river and there's many different streams joining that river now with those many different streams comes their karma comes their actions comes their intentions all that is a good mix and it enters the river of your life now with that river with all those streams entering in, you just have to go with it and you have to flow with it. If you end up getting disturbed by each different stream, you can't concentrate on your own life. You can't concentrate on just flowing. With karma, we can get into this game of the mind of trying to interpret everything. What I'm saying is, let karma do what it needs to do. You just concentrate on being present and with the flow of life. The biggest question that ends up coming up whenever you talk about karma is why do bad things happen to good people it's a real question and it's a genuine question because there's lots of good people that we know but something bad happened to them and it created an adverse result we see this constantly in the world or we sometimes look at someone's life and we see the opposite of where we see good things happen to bad people and we're like how did that even happen? I believe that analogy I gave of the river and the different streams, it could be they just have good people around them. <laughs> that could be, or they have one good person and that influence is stronger. That could be the case. Is karma unfair? Not really. I would like to say that even, like I mentioned in the very beginning, that some people may believe in something that's wrong, but their intentions may not be bad. But because their beliefs are wrong, that's what's causing the conflict. That's why we always have to look into what we believe in and whether that belief is restricting harmony, if that's restricting peace. Because of that, we can't judge someone's actions alone. I hope I'm making myself very clear there that not everyone has bad intentions, so we can't just judge their actions alone. There is always a reason why someone has done a certain act or has reacted in a certain way. We have to use our intelligence to try and understand why that's happened. And having honest conversations about it, that's the one thing that I find we lack today is that honest conversation. If I've done something bad or if I've done something wrong, I want to know why the other person sees it as wrong. 
and then have a discussion about it, have a healthy debate about it and get to the bottom of it. In fact, we will find that when we have these more honest conversations, our karma, our deeds will end up being more harmonious in the process. Because we're not being honest and having honest conversations, we're reacting in different ways. Most of all, is concentrate on your own actions and your own reactions to other people because that also creates karma. That also creates what your action is going to be next. For example, if someone's action or someone's reaction disturbs me, then most likely the next action I do will also be a disturbing one. It will add to the disturbance. Instead of adding peace and allowing something to have the space to breathe out, I'm going to make it more cathartic. I'm going to disturb it more. I'm going to make more conflict out of it. The whole point is that we have to be at such a point where we respond to life rather than reacting to life. If we can do that, the karma that we create is more harmonious. And that's the whole point. And that's a simple way to put it. Can we transcend karma? This is a hot topic as well, because a lot of people believe that if you are self-realized, if you become enlightened, then karma doesn't affect you. I would like to say that's not true. On the transactional level, karma will always affect you, whether you're realized or not realized. Actions that other people do will ultimately affect you. There's nothing you can do about that. But you can affect the way you react to it by being more present. The more you are in the present moment, the more you're in the now, the more you're with the flow, the less the possibility of you getting affected. We need the past as well sometimes. So although we are present, we need to use the past to encourage us to navigate us away from problems. And then we need the future to meet whatever targets we have. Akurma to create a better future, a better world, a better universe, to the past using the mistakes of the past or the good things that we've done and achieved in the past and using that to create a more harmonious present use both the past and the future when needed but more living in the present is required the other way we can do is act as if we're brahman the silent observer what would the silent observer do within us or if you have someone that you look up to how would they react to this how would they respond to this or respond to a situation you're in when you do it from that perspective you're not letting your ego take over there must be a time and I've gone through this where something wrong happens or something disturbs me. I get angry and I'm always like, okay, don't show your anger. Don't show your anger. Don't show your anger. There's no need. It's not going to help the situation. And then what happens 10 minutes later? You get angry. (laughs) You show your anger and it creates a big argument. This is why it's more important to function as Brahman. Because at the moment when you're thinking I'm not going to be angry, who is this I am? I'm relating it to this identity that I have of Rahul. Because I believe in this identity called Rahul, Rahul is angry, therefore Rahul needs to show anger. Otherwise, if I don't show anger, nothing good is going to happen. I'm not going to get my way. That's ultimately why I'm angry. If I act as Brahman, this ultimate reality, as the observer, then I'm able to be more calm. 
This body and mind is always going to be affected with karma, with the deeds of others and with the deeds and actions of my own. If I'm able to be more as Brahman, the less impression that karma is going to have on me. We can choose again to respond to other people, whether we want it to affect us. We have that choice to respond to it. It may be that sometimes we have to respond, but that response will come out of a place of love, compassion, empathy, understanding. That individual karma can be done with a non-doership attitude or an attitude of not receiving a reward. This is quite difficult to do because we live in a world right now where if we do something for others, we want something back, even if it's praise. Subtly, we may be asking for that praise. If we just do it with a non-doership attitude, we're not affected about what happens with the karma. We've done it, okay, that's it, it's done and dealt with. But it's very hard to do this, very difficult. And this is why when we act more as Brahman, it gets easier to be this non-doer. Remember that saying in Tao Te Ching where even though the Tao does nothing, everything still gets done, everything is still completed, everything still happens, nothing is stopped. That's the attitude that we're talking about. And just being honest with your intentions, the more honest we are with our intentions, the more it's going to help us. And you know, if something isn't going our way, to learn acceptance. Maybe there's a reason why it's not going my way. I can't see it right now because I'm clouded with why it didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. Allowing that cloud to just disappear and allowing that clear blue sky of the mind to just be and be in the present moment. That also is a way where we can transcend karma and its influence. Just remember that every action and intention is karma. We have to be mindful as much as possible. This is probably the explanation for karma and what karma is. That every action and intention is karma, but be mindful as much as possible. Be mindful of your true self. Be mindful of who you really are more and more. And the less need there is to act towards something. And actually what happens is that any action we do has a lot of purpose and meaning behind it. And other people are attracted to that in a positive way. That's the whole point of karma. Let me just recap it very quickly. Karma is completely grey. So expect it to have its different shades of grey. It's not going to be black and white. A lot of us want karma to be black and white. We want to know whatever is good and whatever is bad. A lot of times karma is really in between and our interpretation of it. Therefore, instead of looking at other people's karma and whether they're doing good or bad things, look at our own self and look at how we're making things better. We can only control what we do and what we think and what we intend to do. So the more we just focus on ourselves, probably the better. Karma is more how we react to the world and react to things. So really be mindful of our reaction. And the more we're able to live in the present moment, or we live as Brahman, this ultimate reality, this formless reality, this underlying reality within everything, more likely we are to transcend karma. Then we understand that karma only happens to the body and mind, which is not who I really am. Therefore, that's when the non-doership comes in. And that's also where we don't get affected by what happens. That doesn't mean we bypass what happens to us. We still have to react to it in a transactional way. But that reaction is more mindful that reaction has purpose that reaction may even be non-reaction that is still a reaction 
we have to really understand that even non-reaction is a reaction. Even that is gunma itself. No one escapes doing action. Even if you're a monk in a cave, the action is that you're a monk in a cave. Sitting there silently, that is action itself. You can look at it in many ways. That person in the cave, if they weren't in the cave, they could be outside helping other people realize their true self. That was their potential, but they didn't. They ended up sitting in a cave and people didn't get enlightened by them. That could be seen as what would look like Gurkoma is now suddenly grey. You see what I mean? Do ask your questions about what you think Gurkoma is. Maybe you can help me understand what Gurkoma is more. Let's discuss it more. The whole point is to do Gurkoma, which has a non-doership aspect to it. There's a very interesting concept called Nishkam Gurkoma. So when you do something without wanting something in return, you do something just because of the sake of doing action. When we're able to do that, that's brilliant. But the journey is to get to that point. And the way to get there is just to be more mindful, to be more aware and to be more alert in what we're doing. This was just one podcast, very quick podcast about it. But in the future episodes, we may go deeper into what karma is and go into the nitty gritty of it. Right now, let's use this moment to just be more mindful of our actions and our reactions to things and understand that even when we do not react, that is still a reaction. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bearded Mystic Podcast. Please do remember to follow or subscribe to this channel and do leave a review for this podcast. I'd really appreciate knowing what you think. You can follow me on social media and I will leave the links below to each of those accounts. I do share small clips on there that you can share with friends and family. And if you feel that anyone in your friends and family circle would love this podcast, do share it with them. Do remember, a new episode is uploaded every Sunday and Thursday. Until next time, take care. See you again soon. Bye.